Well, it's not like she doesn't put it out there for everyone to see. I think maybe the whole thing turned her on. It's sick, you know? Really sick. Well, I heard the same thing happened to Sharon Alto, too. She's almost a nun. When she called and reported it, they told her that two girls have called about papers in the last month. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of That's a Random, a Random Movie Podcast. I'm Heath Lambert, and you are... Carrie Claypool Lambert. Damn right. This episode's movie, The Stranger Beside Me from 1995, I thought would be a bit of uh, just me being real thirsty about Tiffany Amber Thiessen, but <laughs> for two reasons, it's not going to be. One, because you're sitting next to me. Uh, two, the subject matter of the film, it doesn't feel great. I would, I will just say, say by the Bell started on TV when I was 11 and she was 15 and I didn't know any girls who looked like that. And so uh, I was a changed individual. Let's just say that. <laughs> <laughs> you have benefited from the effect Tiffany Merzizan had on me as a young person. So, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and that's all, that's all I have to say about that. So she was a, Big crush of yours back in mm -hmm. the day. Big crush. Mm -hmm. okay. Yes, Good for a long time. Up to son-in-law. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing that in the and theater. Now, me too. Whoa. And now, and now in this as well, because she's she, she's the, lovely. The kind of pretty that's like, oh, you're just from another planet, right? And you were shot here in a rocket. Like, people don't look like this on planet Earth. She's very pretty. Anyway, but that's enough of that, because this is also. If I've done my math correctly, the sixth film I have discussed on this podcast that whose story in some way, shape, or form revolves around rape. Yeah. <laughs> I will say this, though. Shockingly, given that it's 1995, this movie, I think, deals with the subject matter with the gravity and care that it deserves more than any of the other movies where it's come up on this show. Yeah, I can see that. It's not treated as a punchline. It's not treated as a, a need. plot twist or a yeah. character motivation. Yeah, or a, I was just going to say, it's not a character developing <clears throat> thing. It's a horrible thing that happens. It's not pushing yeah, the plot. Yes, and it's treated, yeah, it's treated seriously, unlike... Yeah. A Boy and His Dog, or Circus of the Damned, God forbid, or Shaded Places, where it's treated insanely. That's an insane movie. Mm -hmm. I was trying to remember what the other ones were. Technically, I think, was it last week's episode? No, two weeks ago, Wishcraft, while not specifically about rape, is about a guy who uses a magic wish to make a girl fall in love with him and have a sexual relationship with him, which, I, technically, Likes. I would count... Yeah. As rape. Because so, it lacks the consent. Part. Right. So it's come up a lot on this show. But yeah, this is kind of the, the first one where it feels like, oh, you're treating this with like the respect and like the, like the, the horror that it should yeah, be. Yes. Like this was not okay. And also there's no on-screen rapes happening, which I'm always appreciative of. Because then it's just kind of gross. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's not something I, I need to look at. But... Well, it's based on, probably very loosely based, but based on a true story, a rip from the headlines sort of lifetime movie kind of thing. I don't know where it originally aired, but some a TV movie of some sort with somewhat interesting pedigree. It's directed by a guy named Sandor Stern, who sounds like a Ghostbusters villain. <laughs> Sandor? Who's named Sandor? But he wrote the Amityville horror movie. Oh, so that's an odd and then directed this. And it's written by a guy named Bruce Miller, who is now the showrunner, or at least was when it started, of A Handmaid's Tale. Oh. And wrote a shit ton of episodes of Handmaid's Tale. Oh. So that actually kind of tracks really hard. It does. It does. <laughs> so he went on to do, you know, bigger and better things. For sure. Well, I've also done a lot of TV movies on this show, and I think this is one of the better ones like there's nothing yeah. in it that's like super goofy yeah right? i thought I, I thought it was as far as a t made for tv movie yeah it was 
It was good. It and it's like, it's, I mean, it's melodramatic, but not right. to the point that it's laughable. Like, let's say the, the one I did with Ricky Schroeder and... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I can see your What's face. her name? Like, that was... Yeah. Judith Light. Yes. That one was, like, so melodramatic, and you're like, no human being behaves like this. Right, this right, is right. insane. It definitely lacks the soap operatic feel that a lot of made-for-TV movies yeah, seem and to it, carry. Yes, and it helps that Tiffany Amber Thiessen is... I mean, look... She's never going to win <laughs> awards or anything. But I would say of the Say by the Bell cast, she's the best actor. Yeah. yeah. And I stand by that. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it shows in here. I mean, yeah, she's never, I was never like wowed, but it, she's also, you know, a lot of these TV movies, you're going to get some real, real bad acting. And the she, acting in this is all pretty good. good. Yeah, she did a very good job. The only one who's kind of, eh, is her sort of friend character for a while. Who's played by Lori Morgan, the country singer? She wasn't mm-hmm. very good, but that's you're a country singer. Stick to your lane. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be acting in things as well. But yeah, Tiffany Amethyst plays Jennifer. Uh, she just wants to draw on Memorial Day. She, everybody's celebrating, having a big picnic. She just wants to be by herself and draw. You know, she's an artist of sorts. Yeah, and she she looks happy to be just doing. Yeah, she's thing. fine being by herself. Yeah, and. God bless him. Her, I don't know if he, we don't really get a ton of her backstory as far as, because this guy is not her dad. But he's a father figure. He's a figure. father figure to her. Yes. And they're very close. Yes. Played by Gerald McRaney, who was Major Dad. Mm-hmm. He was Hearst on Deadwood. Mm-hmm. What else? He was he was Bastion's dad in Never Ending Story, which I forget until oh, I yeah. see it on IMDb. Uh, Simon and Simon was his first, was his big thing. Yeah, and Major Dad was. I remember watching that when yeah, I was a kid. I remember kid. seeing that one too. It's probably no, it would have been way before this, but yeah. But yeah, he's a he's just a guy in a wheelchair. I guess we kind of get the backstory of that later. He was was he drunk driving or he was hit by a drunk driver? I think he was hit by a drunk driver. One of the two. Yeah. But but yeah, he comes over and he's like, you know, it'd be real nice. You don't have to be alone all the time. You could like find a nice guy. And she's like, I'm I'm fine. Yeah, <laughs> I'm absolutely fine just here by myself drawing. This gorilla, a man in a gorilla suit. Yeah, there's a guy in a gorilla suit who's like entertaining the kids at this picnic. picnic or whatever, barbecue, whatever in the park. Notices her and runs over and is doing monkey business, literally. Yeah. <laughs> in her face and then she, goes away. And she says, uh, you're too much of an animal for me. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> that was a like... corny, corny take. Yeah, so Jerome McGraney, uh, what's his name? Uh, Dave is his name. Goes and finds this guy once he's out of the monkey suit and like, I don't know if he knew him before or what, but sort of sends him over to talk to her and kind of ask her out. And she's like, no, I'm good. I'm still good. Yeah, she was not swayed. (laughs) But then we're at Jennifer's place wherever, like she just lives alone in like a nice like a decent house by yeah, herself. I don't know like what, it. I don't know. We don't, we don't know what's like, did her parents die and she got an inheritance? I don't know. We never see any of her actual family. Yeah. Or if, yeah. If she's some kind of orphan or I don't know, but she's a young adult. Yes. I suppose in the nineties, you could own a house as a young adult or rent a house. Maybe. But Dave comes over to her place and then right behind him is this the guy in the monkey suit who is chris chris Chris, is his name yes chris and he's brought flowers so i guess dave gave this guy her address or like brought him like follow me over there like yeah she said she's fine but she really needs like i don't know dave i know you're like trying to help her out but if she wants some it's tiffany every season if she wants a date She'll, she'll go get she'll, a fucking date, man. Get, she yes. does not need your help. I know that we're supposed to be, you know, oh, she's just like shy and little, like, come on. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> she's not going to have any trouble if she so desires. But she does get kind of swayed by this. They start dating. We jump ahead a bit. They've been dating a while. He's told her he's going to be going into the Navy. Yeah. She times him while he's running to get ready for basic training and there's there's some hot and heavy making out going on yep on the couch and he's like i want to make love to you and she's like no 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 pushes him off 
and he's he seems frustrated but not like angry but he does what i feel is a real christian or mormon thing of like uh, i want to marry you <laughs> yeah well first she tells him that she was raped and that's why she's kind of wanting to take it slow i think the proposal was the pseudo proposal was first. first okay and she's like i don't remember if she accepts right away or, or not but then but then she explains like well here's why i'm like you know reticent or hesitant or you know yeah because yes two years ago she was raped she went to her friend's house or her friend's stepdad drove her home from something mm-hmm. and like pulled over to the side of the road and raped her and so she's still dealing with the trauma of that mm-hmm. you know which would also explain why she doesn't want to date and I'd, I, yeah. I, would, I would i would assume dave knows all this so yeah. why he's pressing the issue i don't know but oh because you can't possibly be single <laughs> and happy which is baloney but she does marry him they do get married we see their wedding and we don't see anything about him going off to basic. They're just suddenly on a base. Yeah, I think right after they get married, they move to wherever. Yeah, yeah he would have, there, there would have been a period of time where they were separated because he would have had to go to basic training and then to whatever school he went to for his job. Yeah, you have some so, issues with oh, I did a lot of the some, Navy stuff. We'll yeah, get to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you kind were of, in the Navy. Yes, I, I am a veteran. Yes. You just don't enlist in the military. Who, and get correct me off. if I'm wrong. <laughs> was at one time married to someone who went on submarines. Yes. Okay. That yes. will be important for later. Yes. At their wedding, she meet well, presumably not meets for the first time, but we meet for the first time. Chris's cousin, Dana, who's played by Allison Hannigan, Willow from Buffy and Yes. How I Met Your Mother. She's great. She is great. Quite young in this. Yeah. This she, would this would have been like, like two years before Buffy, I think. Yeah. So and she's kind of trying to warn Jennifer off. She's like, you don't... Well, I guess they already got married, so it's not like you don't have to marry him, but it's kind of like... Kind of like a... Just a subtle... Yeah. Be careful. Yeah, like, watch your back. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you had not married my cousin Chris. And kind of runs off without explaining any more than that. And Chris comes in and is like, what, she can't be talking to you like that? Like, that's not cool. Yeah. And Jennifer is like... You know, hey, she know you're you guys are close or whatever, and she maybe she feels like she's losing you, and I'm taking you away, and you're moving away. So just you know, be cool. She's a teenage girl. What do you want? Yeah. Unfortunately, it will be more than that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, then they go to this navy base. And see, if he's on a submarine too, he would have. And I don't remember how long all this take took way back then, but he would have had to go to sub school. He would have had you know if he's depending on what his job is, he would have had to have gone to school. And that takes upwards of a year after basic. Like, it wouldn't have just been, hey, let's get married and we're going to go live on a base. So I feel like there's this big chunk of time missing. Yeah. Well, we skip over most of their dating relationship. That's true. We don't know how long they were dating before they got married. That's true. Maybe he had was already doing basic when they met. Like, we don't know how far into the process. Well, when it's you're not like basic, I, you don't get to date. You're like, oh, well, maybe he yeah, just finished. Yeah. Who knows? I don't know. But it, he's not like, I'm joining the Navy tomorrow. You know, yeah, yeah. like he's, we don't, we don't really have a time frame. Yeah, it. that just bugged me a little. She meets all the Navy wives at like the honky tonk that everybody hangs out at. Which they do have those on pretty much every I'm single sure base. Sure, they do. Uh, yeah, one of whom is Lori Morgan, the country singer. And the housing, I looked legit. I lived in Navy houses that looked. Pretty much just like that one. So that was interesting. Yeah, I assume it was. I mean, I'm sure they shot some stuff on possibly actually on a Navy, Navy base. Yeah, the sign that they pull up to, um, it's the something Navy base. And I looked it up and I could not find the existence exist. of that it being doesn't. an actual naval base. It's not an actual base. And so. they probably did that to prevent, I don't know, I know bad press or being that this was based on a true story maybe they did that to kind of protect the actual people who live on that base let's see chris's sort of superior is chief halloran i guess crew chief halloran who's i guess he's the chief of the sub Uh, and he's played by gary grubbs probably not a name you recognize but he's a character actor who's been in a ton of stuff you recognize him when you see him and a buffy connection as well he played fred's dad on angel when Fred's family comes to visit, he's Fred's dad. Um, we get slight hints, but maybe Chris is claustrophobic or something. Like he seems kind of 
mm-hmm. itchy <laughs> when he's in the sub like wow it's like tight in here right yeah and everybody's like just wait till we close the hatch then you'll know what's up <laughs> yeah and and that's another thing that would have been something they would have screened for before he even was allowed in the program there would have been some screening happening and psychological checking out make sure you're fit for a submarine because it's pretty elite not everybody can just have duty on a submarine yeah but maybe he wanted it so bad and you know that he was like shoving it down and hiding it really well until he couldn't anymore could have been and i don't know how i mean i don't know how good the psychological screening for any branch in the military is because we i mean we know that there are straight psychopaths in the military sometimes so they're they're missing some people so chris goes for runs a lot a lot you know is doesn't seem like that big a deal but it's even staying in shape but it's foreshadowing you know a bit yeah he'll come he'll come home from whatever his duty was that day Mm -hmm. and he's off the clock he'll come home and immediately change like i'm going to run and she's like okay (laughs) see i guess (laughs) So she's, you know, they're not getting a ton of time together. But then one of the other Navy wives, Gina, is getting peeped on. She's laying in bed and some creeper, we just see the top of like his forehead coming over the window. And she sees him. He's like peeping at her in, in mm-hmm. her, in her, what, night clothes? In her nightgown, yep. Well, this peeping happens and then that Gina's husband like runs out and is like running down the street. And like just like grabbing the first person he sees, like, hey, is it you this guy? And Chris comes running up like he's like out he's for his run. First run. Yeah. And is like, hey, what's going on? And he tells him. So he goes with him to like help. We're gonna go find this guy. And they're running around looking and they never find him. And uh, for like, what should be obvious reasons. Well, yeah. Wait a second, there's nobody here but you. Could it be you? No. That well, there's never. two other guys that were like walking that he oh, runs up and grabs yeah. first, right when Chris walks up. And then there's like a rash of peepings. We find out like this is happening a lot. A lot. And then these Navy wives, they're sitting around the beach. The guys are barbecuing, whatever. They're doing their, you know, they're chit-chatting, gossipy, whatever. And one of the Navy wives is like victim-blaming Gina. She's like, well, yeah, what do you expect? She's always just putting it out there. In her own bedroom? Yeah. She wasn't at the mall. She was in like her stri- own on a stripper pole. Bedroom. And even then, it's not like you know. <laughs> she's in her. <laughs> she's at her own ass house, mm-hmm. and somebody's peeking in the window. But yeah, this woman's like Gina brought it on herself. Like, come on, man. Wait till it happens to you. You won't think it's so goddamn cute. And then there is someone comes back to Gina's and is actually in the house. It's someone with a ski mask and a gun, and. We'll come. We don't see anything, but we'll come to learn. Rapes her. Mm-hmm. So thank the, goodness we did not see anything. No. That was not something we needed to but see. The peeping. Well, not television, nineteen ninety-five. Right. It's, it's amazing they were even discussing it, let alone. Right. But yeah, so the peeping has escalated, as it usually does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just like there's that pattern of behavior that oh, there always escalates. Just like serial killers start out killing small animals, mm-hmm. and you know. Yeah, rapists were probably peepists first. Peepists. Peepists. Or molesters of people close to them in their family. Yep. Which, yep. That happens a lot. Yep. So, and here's where Chris begins to show, if you weren't, like, his behavior is slightly suspect, but nothing crazy. But here is where he begins to show that he's just a fucking asshole. Because they're coming home from somewhere, they're pulling the driveway... And he's like about to ship out for six months or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she's like, God, I'm worried, you know, I'm worried about you leaving. Like, I'm going to miss you, but I'm also worried about you leaving because there's this serial peeper and rapist about. Like, and mm-hmm. it would be, I would prefer you were home. So I'm not here by myself. And he's like, You're worried? I got to leave for six months. I got to be on this submarine for, and he like turns it, makes it about him. Mm-hmm. Like, whoa, man. Like, you can have a discussion about how, like, maybe you, Make sure you double lock the doors. You know, put a, to- a rod in the sliding glass door and buy extra sliding locks for the front door. Things like that. Make sure the windows are always shut. But even just, but you can like you can have a discussion with your wife about like I don't know how I feel about going on this ship. You know, mm-hmm. without completely discrediting like. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're worried about a rapist? I have to go on a boat. 
<laughs> and do my fucking job. Like he makes it so right. about him. It's crazy. Yeah. And her, she's just like, whoa. Yeah. She's taking it back. This is the first time he's ever like, cause he's like shouting at her. Well, I think up until that point, he kept on a mask for her. Like for he sure. was, he, yeah, it, been he was guy. like love bombing, kept that mask on. He's not showing who he really is. He is wooing and being something he is not to keep her. So, and then they're in the kitchen. Again, time is, who knows? Maybe if it's a couple of minutes later or the next day or what. But he comes home back from a run, takes his shirt off, and she sees a big scratch on his side, mm-hmm. like fresh. And she's like, oh my God, what happened? And he's like, oh, I got I caught it on like a bolt on the ship. <laughs> yeah, <that's>, yeah, no. <laughs> and she's like, oh no, you know, and she like, it's she like does kiss it and make it better like yeah he's like he's sick sick i think that's oh, it's i cute, think that's I cute okay <laughs> maybe i'm just swayed by Tiffany who's doing it but yeah. she could kiss your boo-boos huh hey now <laughs> hey now so that the honky tonk and she jennifer's talking to laurie morgan's character and laurie morgan's like because she's Married to his boss, whatever chief. Uh, what I can't remember his last name. Chief Halloran. Chief. Yes. And um, she's like, "Hey, no worries, Jennifer." You know, assuming a conversation has been had between Jennifer and her husband. You know, my husband got him reassigned. He doesn't have to go on the sub anymore. Everything's cool. And Jennifer's like, um, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, she had no clue. No clue. And you were immediately like, "That's not how that works." No, it's not. You don't just get like. Right? You don't get to yeah. just get reassigned. Not like that. They spend a lot of money training you to be on yeah. this sub. You don't just get to go, eh, I don't want to. Yeah. And they no. give you a different job. No. Okay. <laughs> because a lot of people would be, oh, I don't want to do it right away. And that's just not how it works. Yeah. Like you don't go into the Marines and be like, yeah, I don't want to go to Iraq. <laughs> they <laughs> oh, say, oh, you're having a hard time. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Too fucking bad. Yeah. You're grist for the mill, son. Yep. But, so, yeah, and Chris is dancing around. He's super happy, you know. And she's clueless about this new Oh, no, I got the, I got the order of events wrong. Okay. Chris is the one who tells her, hey, everything's cool. I got reassigned, babe. Everything's going to be fine. I don't have to go on the boat. I can stay here on base. And she's like, oh, wow, that's amazing. And then it's the next time they're there or later that night. Oh, that's right. That Laurie Morgan's like, you know, I'm glad my husband got him transferred everything's cool and jennifer's like yeah what was that you know how does that work what was that about and morgan says well it's because he threatened to kill himself if they made him go on this sub yeah and she's like what the fuck yeah he and laurie be... morgan's like and we but we found him a good counselor or no she, yeah she says we found him a good counselor and she's like counselor for what and he's like oh because he threatened to kill himself and this is all news to her so yeah then she goes jennifer goes to chris and is like you know, why wouldn't you talk to me about this? I just, I have to hear this from her. Like, mm-hmm. if you felt this way, you should have told me about, like, what's going on? Are you okay? You know? And again, he, like, she's con- she's coming to him concerned for the man she loves. She's mm-hmm. trying to, you know. Nothing inappropriate about the way she was delivering no. it. She was kind and warm. Yeah, she's and, not yelling at him. And showing concern, like, what is going on? Why can't you talk to me? Yeah, and are you okay? And, you know. What can I and do? And he blows his top again and is like. Yeah, yeah mask falls off. Her. Yeah, he tells her, mind, mind your business. Mm-hmm. And um, what are you, a spy, he says. Hey, <laughs> this is my fucking business. Yeah. <laughs> I moved here to this naval base so that you could go on a submarine and now you're not. Because the idea of it bothers you so much you're willing to kill yourself mm-hmm. or at least threaten it mm-hmm. so yeah yeah and she's like why you know but i i don't i'm not hearing this from you i'm hearing this from laurie morgan and he's like what are you a spy <laughs> like, what does that even mean a spy for who what do you mean yeah. what a dick and he's manhandling her he like drags her out of the honky-tonk yeah. by her arm and that's the first time it's like whoa buddy yeah yeah this isn't just like you're having a tense discussion and no, you lost that your was... temper like this is physical. It's gotten physical now. Yeah, it was not good. Yeah, so she's like, "Fuck this!" and like just walks off by herself and is walking down the street. So she's walking home in the dark, and he comes running up on her in the dark like a moron mm-hmm. and scares the shit out of her. <laughs> she's like, "Why would you fuck it? Why would you do that?" He's like, I'm, "You know, I felt bad. I shouldn't have yelled at you." 
I can make sure you're okay. But yeah, man, like this whole, this base is on like rapist high alert and you're running up on this woman in the dark. Like, of course she's going to be scared. Right. And then they get, right as they get up to their door, the police pull up and they're like, hey, are you Chris so-and-so? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, cool, you're under arrest for voyeurism. And they slap cuffs on him and take him away. And of course she's like, that, you know, that can't be, you got the wrong guy, you know, coming to the defense of her. Yeah. Man. Because she does not believe that he would do that. And at the station, the cops are... See, here's another thing. Would, wouldn't it be MPs? It would depend on where the housing was. Okay. Because they live on base. I would think it would be the military Yeah, police, but right? some... Yeah, I don't know. Or it NCIS? Might be, <laughs> it might be... I'm just trying to think because like, some of the base housing we lived on wasn't actually on the base. It was outside okay. the base. Gotcha. But yeah, so the cops take haul him downtown or wherever. And uh, sort of the, the lead cop on that is asking her a bunch of questions like hey does your husband have a gun and she's like not that i know of and he's like that's cool because here's a receipt for a gun that your husband bought and here's also like duct tape and rope and like all this evidence the rapist kit you know yeah and she's like don't you know know that she's like well hold on what are you saying i thought you arrested him for peep like voyeurism peeping Mm -hmm. and he's like yeah i also think your husband is the rapist i think it's the same guy and i can't prove it right now could you help me out with that <laughs> she's like no you're wrong yeah well and then the gun thing too you're that that would be an another problem because all the base housing we ever lived on you were not allowed to have guns in base housing if you owned a weapon you had to store it at the armory and if you needed to use it like take it to the range you had to go check it out and your ammunition and your guns all had to be stored at the armory so huh. so that's another thing he would have been in trouble for well, yeah, it could be a reason he's hiding it. But she asked him about the gun. She's like, hey, do you have a gun? And he's like, no, I had a gun before like we got married, but I sold it. And the money I got for it, you're wearing on your hand. Like, yeah. like I sold the gun to buy your wedding ring. Mm-hmm. So he just know, he knows the right things to say, he man, because that's like, oh. But if there's a receipt for it, wouldn't there be a date on the receipt and you would know, oh, he bought it on this day? So, Or maybe he bought it back then, but he's lying about selling it. No, maybe. Either that or he bought a new gun. Who knows? Yeah. Some, either way. Either way, he's lying. He's lying. He's a liar. She um, gets sick then, doesn't she? Well, yeah, because if a, just like if a person in a movie starts coughing, mm-hmm. they have tuberculosis and they're going to die at the end of the movie. Yeah. Uh, if a woman is in any way nauseous or dizzy, she's pregnant. Yeah. So she... on t- In TV and movies. Yes. No one ever has the flu. No. <laughs> if you're Nobody feeling, ever has If you're feeling sickness. sick to your stomach... It's morning sickness. No one ever's dealing 100%. with trauma because their husband just got arrested and now they feel physically ill thinking that he could be the rapist. No. But yeah, she's pregnant. Yeah, of course. So she goes with him to talk to his lawyer. Mm-hmm. And his lawyer's like, hey, I got your charges reduced to criminal trespass because that's all they have evidence of. Mm-hmm. And he's like, cool, sounds good. You know, but the lawyer's like, hey, can your wife leave the room so I can talk to you? And he's like, no, whatever you have to say in front of your wife, you, you know, or in front of me, you can say to my wife. And he's like, okay, man, look, they have a witness who can pick you out of a lineup. So I don't know how this is going to go. Are you sure you want to, like, you know? And he, and so then he has to admit, like, okay, I did, I did do some light peeping. <laughs> light peeping. Yeah. That's what he said. That's right. It's Arrested Development joke. <laughs> oh, but, okay. Um, for the light treason. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Um, I remember now. But yeah, and she's like, oh, fuck you, dude. Like, what? <laughs> you know, she runs out of the room, like, nope, I'm leaving. Yeah. Like, when you told she... me nothing happened, and now you're admitting that you did the peeping. So maybe you did the stuff, other stuff they're accusing you of. Like, forget this. I'm out. Yep. But that's easier said than done. You know, he right. talks, he sweet talks her back. Like, you know, no, stand with me. We can get this. You know, we're going to get this over with. And then I'm done with the Navy. Mm-hmm. And we'll move back home and just be done with all this. And we'll just start over. Everything will be fine. I'm sorry. I don't know what got into me. I'm just, just peeping. Yeah, I just like, peeping. I just like looking at other ladies when they're not, when they don't know I'm looking. <sighs> Ew. And she gives him another chance. Well, yeah, and she's pregnant, so... Yeah, and she tells him... Yeah, and she tells him that. Yeah. Which is even more motivation for him to like, no, 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 don't go. Like, say whatever I gotta say to fix this. For now, anyway. He's in court. He gets discharged. 
back to New Mexico is where they came from. Oh, that's right. Texas, I think, is where the base was. But okay. New Mexico is where they came from. He's getting discharged back to there. I assume dishonorably discharged? Oh, of course. <laughs> Which is going to make it really hard for him to work. So, yeah. So they move back to New Mexico. Obviously, they don't have a place to stay right away. So Dave opens his house to them. Let's, you know, you guys can stay here till you're back on your feet. You know, and she's like, no, no, Chris is going to get a job right away. You know, and he's like, no, all three of you are welcome here. Mm-hmm. You know, Dave's a good guy. Despite, I mean, look, he did set her up with this horrible monster. <laughs> right. But, you know, he, he you know, he's right. a good guy. He does, he does love her. He does have her best interests at heart. They have a, they've come to some sort of, Jennifer and Chris have come to some sort of agreement where they're going to, she's able to keep track of his whereabouts. Like they're keeping a diary of like, okay, I'm leaving for work at this time. Mm-hmm. I got to work then. Write down when I come home. You know, I'm not going to go on runs anymore. You know, so you always know where I am. So you can, re- we can rebuild the trust of like, you know, I'm not out peeping. Mm-hmm. Doesn't last very long. Cause like the na- a scene or two later, he's like, all right, I'm going out. I'm taking the car. <laughs> Cause they only have the one car. So she's stuck at home. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, what? Yeah, he's got some construction job. He gets sent to get, go buy nails or something. And as he's, dra- he's driving by this, there's a hot lady gardening in her yard. And he's eyeballing her at the stop sign as he's stopped to the point that, like, the car behind him has to honk. Like, get move on because he's just ogling this lady. Keep your eyeballs in your head. They're at a another barbecue, picnic, whatever, family gathering thing in the park. Mm-hmm. And Chris is pushing some little kids on the swing set. And Dana is not having it. She goes over there and she's like, hey, Chris, they need you to come and like cook the meat or whatever. And he's like, they got it. And she's like, no, really? They need you over there. Like she does not want him near these children, mm-hmm. which is, that's not a good sign. No. <laughs> she knows something. Mm-hmm. And Chris has a cop, a buddy, like his best buddy is a cop here in New Mexico and he pulls up to the picnic or whatever and is telling Chris, like, yeah, there's like, like, a, there's a string of rapes happening in town now. Right when you guys, he doesn't say it like right when you guys came back, but mm-hmm. that's, you know, what he means. But he's not questioning he's Chris infer- about it. He's definitely inferring this has something to do with you. No, the but, buddy never. Oh, he doesn't? The buddy's oh. totally on his side for the whole movie and like never, even later when Jennifer's talking to him, he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> oh okay yes yes yeah i thought there was some kind of inference there that maybe that was just no it's just passing along information to us i think mm. through him since we're not they're not showing any of these things happening right just letting us know that like oh shit he's back mm-hmm. in business they they get home from buying they're pulling the driveway from getting uh, by i think buying the crib or something because there's some big box in the back seat mm-hmm. and she's like well the gas is low like i just filled the gas the other day like it shouldn't be this low and he's like, well, what are you implying? And she's like, nothing. <laughs> he got real defensive. Yeah, he got super defensive real fast. And he's like, look, you're keeping track of where I go in this notebook. And like, I'm driving to work. Like, do you think my boss is sending me all over town? Like, we literally watched a scene where your boss sent you somewhere. That's true. <laughs> but he was like in the, his work truck then or something. But yeah, but yeah the, but the gas tank is lower than it should be. So someone's been driving the car places that she is unaware of mm-hmm. is the point. And then... We see there's two things happening at once. He's out being a rapist again. Well, someone's out being. We see it. We see the ski masked armed man, which is his MO. at that lady's house that he was eyeballing. And that's his mo. The ski mask. And again, we don't see that it's him yet. Right, but right. Uh, and while this is happening, she goes into labor, mm-hmm. and it seemed like a surprise. So it must maybe she was a little early. I don't know. Yeah. But so he's out being. Spoiler alert, it's him. Yeah. <laughs> if you didn't catch the drift by now, he's the Chris is the rapist. He's out being a rapist while his wife is giving birth to their daughter all at the alone. hospital all alone. Oh, so you're like, you're already the worst person. And you somehow found a way to be worse. Be worse. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she's like, I don't know where he was. Dave shows up to the hospital yeah. to see. And then Chris does show up eventually, sees she's sleeping, doesn't even go into the room to talk to her at all. Goes and like looks at the baby through the nursery window, 
which that's not even a thing anymore, is it? In the 90s? No, but now. No, it's not. No. Because now there's such a lockdown of like, yeah. no one gets near a baby that's well, not and, a baby. And it was too, because in 1999, I had my first baby and it was yeah. pretty much locked down and they didn't even have a nursery. You had to room in with your baby and that was 99. So maybe it's just like a, a trope thing of the, yeah. dad, the dad looking through the window at all yeah, the bassinets yeah. full of babies. That one's mine. But he's looking, he seems pretty happy or proud or whatever. He doesn't look especially devious in that scene, but yeah. And he leaves. And then he leaves. Yeah. Doesn't talk to Jen. Doesn't see how she's doing. And Jen is enough time goes by that Jen is dismissed from the hospital with the baby. Mm-hmm. And Dave brings her home. And he's like, I still have. She's like, I still haven't seen Chris. I'm like, I'm here with his daughter has been born, and I haven't seen him. I don't know what he's doing. He won't answer. The, he won't. I can't. Well, this is pre cell phone, so can't just call him if you don't know where he's at. And they walk in the house and everything is set up. Everything's unpacked. The crib has been built. Her paintings are hung up above the crib for the baby to see. And they're like, oh, that's what he was doing. He's and Dave's like, see, up. he is a good guy. I mean, but then, but Dave also has a conversation with Chris where he's like, hey, man, you fucked up. Like, it's cool that you came, got all this set up, but your wife needed you there. Mm-hmm. So get your shit together. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm responsible for your marriage, you know, in a, in a way, like I introduced, you know, and she's like my goddaughter, like she's like a daughter to me, like ship up, man, or shape up, because shape yep. that's not going to cut it. And Chris is, you know, at first Chris is defensive and he's like, like, what would you know about it? You don't have a wife, wheelchair man. And he's like, <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, you're right. I got to, you know, get my act together. While that's happening, Dana... Because I guess Dana and Jen have gotten fairly they've close. Become, yeah. Especially now parents. that this baby's around, that's her, what would that be, second cousin? First if your cousin, cousin has a kid, okay. First cousin. I could never keep that stuff straight. I can. Because when I was a kid, I had cousins who I just, I just, we just called them my cousins, but they were actually like my third cousins or something, because it was, they were like my mom's cousin's kids. Yeah, I think that's your third cousin. I'd need yeah. to write but We just down. called them cousins, because... Yeah. They were the only cousins like we my had. My kids call my cousins auntie and uncle, even though they're cousins. Sure. But it's just because that's how our family is. Everybody's different. Well, but well, yeah, while Dave and Chris are having that conversation, Dana's in the room with Jennifer and she's like, okay, you cannot let Chris near that baby. And she's like, what are you talking? Like, what are you talking about? That's, that's his kid. What do you mean? And she confesses to Jennifer that when she was very young and Chris was... I don't think Presumably it's confession. A, it's confides. Because she sure, she's yes, not confessing. Yes, right. She did nothing wrong. Yeah, when Chris was a teenager, which so Dana was probably yeah, seven, eight, nine years old, whatever, he would come into her room at night and it started with him just telling her, reading her stories and things, and it progressed to molesting. Molesting. Chris molested his cousin Dana. Either once or a number of times, I guess, you know, Enough, it doesn't matter. It's Yeah, that she's <laughs> she is so affected by it that she does not like seeing him around other children. And now he no, has a daughter. No, that's why she was, she, yeah. she was stopping him from pushing kids on the swing set, mm-hmm. urging her to not marry him. Like you don't know him, mm-hmm. you know, and is now worried that, yeah, I don't, I don't know that. Well, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know that the man is going to molest a baby, right? a newborn baby. But I think the fear is, that baby is going to grow up and be a seven, eight. So on top of being a peeper and a rapist, he's also a pedophile. A pedophile. And a yeah. So this is the worst person. The worst. But and to Jennifer's credit, she's not like, that's impossible, you're full of shit. No. She She's immediately like, oh fuck. Like maybe it's all all the pieces coming together of yeah. everything else she that she has seen and knows. But she believes Dana immediately. And is immediately trying to keep their daughter away. He's like, she's like, I'm going to bed. I'm tired. And he's like, well, I can take the baby. And she's like, no, I'm going to nap with the baby. And he's like, all right, whatever. You do you, I guess. Like, she's not going to leave him alone with this baby. Jennifer calls the detective that she spoke to before back in Texas or wherever. And is like, hey, what evidence did you have? Like, like I didn't believe you at the time but like and he lists he rattles off like we had this and this and this but we didn't have physical or whatever you know like the woman he 
wore a ski mask, so she couldn't possibly identify him. He didn't leave fingerprint, fingerprints or anything. So we didn't have the physical evidence we needed, but I'm positive your I'd put my money on your husband as a rapist. You know, I don't know why she needed that sort of confirmation, but. Yeah, I, I think she just needed to hear somebody else say it, that she was seeing the signs and she needed to make sure she wasn't reading into it, that she wasn't the only one who. Or would. maybe she was so, it, that can't be, that can't be yeah. when they spoke before that she didn't maybe give it enough weight and pay enough attention to what he was saying. And now she wants to, now that that veil is off from her eyes she wants to hear it again mm-hmm. but um just kind of verify and chris sort of catches her and is like hey who are you talking to and she's like nobody and hangs up the phone <laughs> which is immediately suspicious mm-hmm. but and she tries to leave she's like i know what you did back in texas dana told me what you did to her when she was younger i'm taking the baby and i'm leaving and he's like the fuck you are and he's grabbing her she's like she goes to like She's going to grab the baby. Well, she starts put, putting a bag together, like a suitcase. And he goes over to, like, and picks up the baby mm-hmm. to, like, well, you're not leaving with this, you know. And he winds up throwing her suitcase through the window. And, like, the glass flying, she gets a cut on her scalp that's bleeding. And so, sort of instantly, almost, maybe kind of laughably instantly, like, the cops are at their front door. But, like, the neighbors called the police because they heard the window break. But it's, like... 10 seconds later <laughs> it makes me wonder if they were suspicious of him and kind of on standby like maybe it didn't seem like it surveillance these like this guy this happened where he lived and i didn't i didn't i didn't get that okay feeling i think it's just we have 90 minutes go they're expediting yeah, yeah. the story you know yeah. so but the cops are there and stop him from sort of assaulting her any worse because he's about to hit her with the phone mm-hmm. when the they knock on the door she runs and lets him in he's standing there with the baby and the cop's like sir give me the baby (laughs) hand me the child and he's checking out the cut on her head so like clearly yeah and it's also nice to see that the cops aren't like oh "Oh, whatever lady like people have arguments when you run into a door like yeah they're like bro stand over there (laughs) give me that kid and don't come over here yeah the cop is played by a guy that's super i recognize from stuff too but i couldn't figure out what it was i know him from but but yeah so they take they arrest him for domestic assault take him in she's sitting in the police station her and dana have gone to the police station Mm -hmm. and chris's buddy cop is talking to her and she's like okay yeah this this domestic assault happened tonight but also he was a rapist back in texas he's probably the rapist that you have here now and he's like "Whoa, whoa 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 let's let's just talk about tonight like, he's not, he doesn't want to hear mm-hmm. any of this about his friend. He's not listening to any of it. He's just like, well, let's just talk about tonight. Like, he got, you know, he got worked up, whatever, you know, you had an altercation. Let's deal with that. Let's not, I don't want to talk about all this, whatever this other nonsense you're talking about is. So he blows her off mm-hmm. immediately. And she's like, fine, I can prove it. And she goes out to the lobby or wherever where Dana is and is like, you have to come. Like, he doesn't believe me please come and tell them what Chris did to you when you were younger. And she's like, I, I can't do that. Like the courage it took me to tell you. And I know you like, I can't walk into a room with some dude and like tell him this. I can't do it. Yeah. I don't have it in me to do it. And so she's like, all right, I'll find another way then. She doesn't try to force her. Mm-hmm. She's like, I get it. I understand. I've kind of been where you were, you know, yeah, I was yeah. a victim once too. She definitely has that. So yeah, I'll figure something else out. You don't have to, don't worry. I won't make you do that. So he's sitting in jail and she comes to visit him. And she's like, you know, I know what you did. I'm going to figure out a way to prove it. Me and this baby are leaving. Mm-hmm. And he's practically not exactly, but subtly, basically confessing to everything mm-hmm. to her. And they're talking through the glass on the little phone, you know, mm-hmm. and he's like, well, let's say I did do those things. Like, you could never prove it. Where's the gun? Where's the ski mask? Like, where did I hide them somewhere? You'll never find them. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. And maybe, maybe this had not started in 1995. But I know from things that I've watched. <laughs> that, documentaries. <laughs> yeah, plenty of things. Also, or, yeah. That prison visits like that, jail visits like that, mm-hmm. are recorded. recorded. 100% of the time, recorded. Mm-hmm. There's no privacy in prison. In jail. 
there's video cameras pointed at you. When you call out from the prison, like they record those calls in case like so many people have been busted because they called somebody to tell them, like, move the body or mm-hmm. <laughs> I failed to kill my husband. I want to hire you to kill my husband, whatever. Yep. And it gets recorded because you're an idiot. Yep. Of course. So I don't know how he's getting away with this mm. because this conversation should have been recorded. And again, it's not him flat out confessing, but he's definitely saying things that I think would sway a jury mm-hmm. <laughs> to be like, oh, he fucking did it. Yep. So I don't know about that, but he bonds out or gets released or whatever. And Jennifer's at home with Dave and Chris just shows up like, Hey, I'm here to, or no, she's at Dave's like hanging out, like hiding out with him or whatever. And Chris shows up at Dave's and is like, Hey, I'm here. To, I'm here to get my girls. <laughs> and, Dave rolls up on him in the wheelchair and is like, you listen to me. <laughs> you know, like that girl's like a daughter to me. If you ever touch her, he says, I will hurt you. He doesn't say I'll kill you. He says, I'll hurt you. The, a better ending for this movie would be if David killed this guy with his bearings. Yeah, oh, that would have been so beautiful. <laughs> I would have enjoyed that. Yeah. It doesn't happen. That would have been a very good ending. But Dave threatens him and Chris kind of just laughs him off like, what are you going to do? Like, you're in a wheelchair. What are you going to do to me? Like, get real, old man. But he like, like zooms towards him in his wheelchair, like almost like fronting, like when guys are like, uh, uh, like yep. popping their chest out at yep. people from across the room. It's like that, but in a wheelchair. Like that was good, but he doesn't actually do anything. And yeah, I don't out of, I don't know how. Like you could just say, "I'm not leaving here," mm-hmm. right? Right. You could. And Dave could call the police and say she doesn't want to leave, but she goes with him, I guess, because she wants to. She doesn't want to be with him or have the baby with him but she does want to find the proof to expose him mm. so that's why she's putting herself back into danger when she i imagine could just be like no i'm not going with you and i'm about to call the police because you're trespassing at dave's house or whatever but yeah she basically goes back with him and is pretending sort of that nothing has has even happened and trying to just like go through day-to-day life of like Oh, I did the dishes while you're at work. Like, you know, like everything's hunky dory. Everything's cool. But she is collecting, unbeknownst to Chris, this is part of her plan. This is why she's gone back. She is keeping tabs on him again. Mm -hmm. Every place he goes, and she's keeping track of the mileage on the car and sort of triangulating it to where she's smart. She's smart. smart. She has a map and she's keeping track of where the rapes are happening. And she's keeping track of the mileage on the car that's unexplained. And it matches up with like, oh, he had to drive that far to get there and that far to get there. And it's not like concrete evidence, but it's something. And she takes that to the cop who arrested Chris the night that he assaulted her. And she's like, look, I have all this. I have this notebook full of stuff. I have this map. Like, this is something. And he's like, this is great, but this isn't evidence. Also, like, don't you, wouldn't you rather have, I'm just a beat cop. Like, wouldn't you rather, or like a patrol officer, wouldn't you rather have a detective She's like, no, no detectives. Like, because the only detective she knows is Chris's buddy. Yeah, and so, he's just going to brush him under the rug. not helpful at all. Not at all. And he's like, look, I can't do much with this, but if you can get me, like, if you can get me the gun, if you can find that wherever he stashed it, then we're talking. Then I can do something because we can, you know. Mm-hmm. Though I don't solid. know how, I'm not sure how that would work either because unless he has fired the gun, you're not going to have, it's not like, oh, we have a shell casing somewhere and it matches the gun. You know what I mean? Right. So I don't know what finding the gun would <laughs> That's do. That's true. I hadn't thought of that. Unless it's even just maybe his victims can describe it was this kind of gun. Oh, he has the same kind of gun. That's yeah. something more concrete maybe right, right. than just, look, the mileage matches up or whatever. So she gets tricky. She tells him, well, she goes and looks in the trunk of the car. The gun is under the, wheel. Under the spare tire. Yeah. So she knows it's there. She asks it. She's like, oh, we need baby formula. And he's like, like, what? For what? Like, why? And she's like, because it's what your baby lives on? You fucking dork. <laughs> yeah, like, what are you that. talking about? I love the way she answered him there. <laughs> like, what do you mean? That's why we need formula. Go get formula. And he's like, she... okay, fine. Yeah. So he goes to the store. While he's gone, she calls the cops and is like, okay, he's out. The gun is in the trunk of the car. When he comes back here, check it. Mm-hmm. And they do. They He pulls back. The cops that she's been talking to and his partner are there. They open the trunk and the gun's not there. Not there. 
And she's like, fuck, it was there when he left. I swear to God. Hot twist. And the cop's like, sorry, man. Uh, man, there's nothing I can do. And Chris is real on his own. I got, you know, high on his own supply, high horse. He's like, sorry, she wasted your time, officers. Like, like real smug. Mm-hmm. And then they get the cops leave. They get in the house. And he's pulling groceries out of the bag. And he pulls the gun out of the bag and rope and duct tape and the whole rapist kit. He's like, I knew you were up to something sending me away like that. Like, I just, I knew you were up to something. So I moved the gun while I was out. So I, he's pretty smart too, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that plan didn't work. She takes the baby over to Dave's and leaves the baby there. Comes back. Chris and his cop buddy and some other guys are smoking cigars, watching sports on TV or whatever. And Chris is like, hey, you should cook us all dinner. <laughs> and she's like, okay. Yeah, so she cooks him dinner. And as they're leaving, his friends are like, hey, man, how does Schmo like you get like, your wife is so fucking hot and she cooks good too? Like, well, how'd you get so lucky? Why, you know? And he's like, whatever. But when he gets inside, he is taking that to mean. And then he's yelling at her about like, how dare you walk around? You're like flaunting yourself around in front of my friends and like, putting on a show for him she's like what the fuck are you even talking about like i cooked dinner like you wanted and brought it to you but he's accusing her of like and she was dressed like normal like yeah he's crazy like, he's being yeah. he's being an abusive controlling yep. jealous weirdo yep because she wasn't doing anything but he's yelling at her about like oh you're like flirting with my friends he's like i'm going out <laughs> so he gets in the car and leaves and they only have the one car, so he, you know, he's confident that I've stranded her there. Or he's like, when I get back here, my baby better be back here and you better be here. But if you're taking the car, how is, how I guess Dave's going to bring the baby to yeah. us? I don't know. Yeah. But he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going out. When I come back, you and the baby better be here. But she's outsmarting him again. She has rented a car that he does not know about. That is parked down the street. She, When he leaves, she follows him to where he's going in this rental car. And... He stops in front of the house of the lady he was... Oh, well, there was a scene where... Because he's super confident now. Oh, yeah, he's... It was after he gets out of jail for the domestic assault. And, like, nothing's... He's Teflon. Nothing's sticking to him, right? Mm-hmm. So he's real confident, overconfident. And they pull up to that stop sign by that house where he saw that lady. And he says something to Jennifer, like... Boy, I bet you there's a real hot lady who lives in that house, and I bet you they don't check if all their windows are locked. Like he's just like he's like admitting to her, like I'm going to go rape this lady, and there's nothing you can do about it. Mm-hmm. But she can because she has followed him there, and she's sitting back in the dark. He gets out, changes his shirt, grabs his supplies from the trunk of the car, goes into the house. She calls the cops. Hey, I'm at this address. Look for this rental card, license plate, this, this, this. My husband is here bringing into a house right now. It's the, it's the same two cops that she's been dealing with. It must just be their area. It's their patrol area, I guess. And, and, and that's the only cast that they could have. Sure. Well, it's kind of nice to have a familiar fate. Because she didn't. Yeah, yeah. Well, she asks for him specifically, and they're like, he's on a patrol. What can we do for you? So she tells him the spiel, but they must have called him because he's yep. the one who shows up. Yep. He's like, I'm going, you stay out here with her and to make sure he doesn't get away. I'm going to go in there and get him. So he disappears in the house. Masked man comes running out the back door and is about to get away past the cop. And Jennifer steps up with the ice pick she's brought from home and like blocks his path until the cop can tackle him from behind. And then very dramatically pulls the ski mask off of him so that very Scooby-Doo. she and we can see what we already knew that yeah. <laughs> clearly... Chris is the rapist. Yeah, he's got him on his knees with a gun to his head. Like, you're not going anywhere. The other cop comes out, so they take him away. Well, the cop comes out. The cop she's talked to the most comes out with this woman, like, wrapped in a blanket, like, trying to calm her down because she's was in the middle of being attacked when he busted in. And he calls everybody. He's like, you got him? He's like, I got him. And he puts him in the back of the car. That was kind of funny. Yeah. Like, he's just, like, he's bored. Like, <laughs> I just caught a rapist. Whatever. <laughs> And then there's a, it's kind of a weird scene, but it's also kind of like a powerful scene because Tiffany Amberthiesen's killing in this scene. Like her acting is really good. Yeah. She's like crying because like she's vindicated. She's out of danger now. She's relieved. Super relieved. Like tears of relief. But she comes over to the woman and she's like, are you okay? And she's like, yeah. And she has to say to her, she says like, the man who 
was just assaulting you is my husband and I'm sorry that this happened to you. I know how you feel. And the cop is like, hey, this is so-and-so. She's the lady who just, say, he says, saved you from being raped. Which I feel is, you could have dulled that a little bit. Mm. Say it in a nicer way. But, I mean, it's the truth. Yeah. And they kind of hug and they're both, both ladies are crying. And it's kind of like, I don't know. It worked for me. It yeah, was a power, it did. Like, it it's was kind good. of a powerful scene. It was a good scene. Yeah, and that's it. And then it said, uh, what does it say? He, yeah, her performance is really great in that scene. And he gets convicted and sent away for 99 years. Good. For multiple rapes. Good. And presumably peepings and whatever else. So, yeah. Uh, and that's the end of the movie. And then we see sort of her and the baby. Or the baby hanging out with, sitting in Dave's lap in the wheelchair and her like painting them as the credits roll. So happy ending yeah. for the people who deserve it. 99 mm-hmm. years of prison for a terrible monster. For the person who deserves less. <clears throat> and that's it. For a TV movie from 1995, not bad not at all. Bad. Not bad. And I vaguely remember seeing, I don't think I saw it back then, but I watched a lot of Lifetime back in the day way back in the day sure. and i'm sure i saw commercials for it because when i first saw the title and it was like there was a bell ringing somewhere that's very possible very possible and that's it for the stranger beside me uh pretty good as tv movies go yeah pretty good pretty good and again dealt with a dicey subject matter in a much more respectful fashion than the most, other yeah. six movies or five or six movies that I've had for the show that uh, dealt with it. So props to that as well. Yes. I know that's a very low bar to clear, but I'll take what I can get. It is that time of the episode when I press the magic button to see what next episode's movie chosen completely at random from everything streaming will be. Pressing the magic button now. Next week's movie is Low Blow. Low, low blow? Low blow. From 1986. <laughs> wow, that man has a gigantic <laughs> fist. <laughs> like, look at that. This poster is wild. The deadliest weapon is still your fist. Low blow. Um, it appears to be some sort of action and or martial arts movie of some sort. That's, wow. Yeah. Low blow from 1986. It is on Tubi, of course. Where else? So... Low Blow. Two words. 1986 on Tubi. That's everyone's homework. Should you choose to accept it for our next episode? Wow. Hi, babe. Thanks Hi. for doing this. It was fun. It was a fun uh, fun episode to do with you. It's always fun. Where can people find you, beautiful? Um, I'm on Instagram a lot. Brinka Chica. Sometimes I look at Twitter. I don't post much. Yeah. And I have uh, TikTok. I think that's Brinka Chicka too. I don't remember. Spell that. Brinka Chicka, B R E N. I'm going to double check because in some <laughs> places it has two N's and some places it has one. B R E N K A C H I K A. It's like all my kids' mm-hmm. names put together. Brinka Chicka. Except for Florence. Except for Florence. So what would it be now? If I. Brinka Chicka. Chick fil A? No. Brinka Chicka Flow. Break a chicka flow. It's getting too complicated. It's too complicated. Uh, I am at Heath Lambert seventy eight on Twitter. As long as Twitter remains, uh, the show is at that's so at that's so random. P two also on Slasher and now Mastodon. Everybody know about Mastodon? When what when when Mastodon? Twitter falls <laughs> and burns to its ashes, or you're just tired of dealing with it, uh, check out Mastodon. It's like the Twitter. Interesting. That isn't totally ruined. And on there, uh, it is at that's a random at masto.nu. Oh, and look at the cover photo. It's our cute baby. Yeah. Also, I went and looked at my TikTok and I am at Carrie Valerice. Aha. Uh, well, well, where else am I? I'm also on Hive, which doesn't seem as good as Mastodon at this point, but we'll see. And that's uh, at that's so random, and then where else? Slasher is, I believe, that's a random pod. Yep, at that's a random pod. So those are all the places. 
Lots of places. Lots of places. I didn't even know about Mastodon until just now. Yeah, it's kind of new. Mm. It's the the Twitter migration is happening. Lots of people are like, "Fuck this, I'm out." Let's yeah, go to I a place really where post... you can. Well, here's the thing: Mastodon, you still can't edit your posts, uh, which sucks. Yeah. On cause... Hive, you can. Hive, it's very simple. You can edit your, but Hive doesn't have as much seem to have as much activity. Mm. But I mean, Twitter is entertaining. I always find something on Twitter that I'm like, ooh, that's interesting. But yeah, thanks to Twitter, Andrew Tate is going to prison. <laughs> I know, that is so exciting. So funny. What a way to end the year. That's the funniest thing that's ever happened. Oh, TikTok. The show's on TikTok as well. At That's a Random Podcast. So that's the end of that. One more time. Next week's episode. Low Blow from 1986 on Tubi. Uh, it looks... Pretty bad. So that should be fun. Everybody have a great week. Have the a great uh, New Year's. Yeah, happy New and Year. And let's say goodbye to 2022. Thank goodness. It's highs and it's lows. Not the worst year in recent memory. No, not the worst. 2020 was worse. But still not great. Let's hope 2023 is better. Bye, everybody. <laughs>